We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, here with Mitch Meyer. Uh, six seasons as a player with the Royals after being a first-round pick back in 2003. You've coached with this team, obviously played with the team, served as director of baseball ops, and now director of player development. I'm, I'm wondering, what about this game of baseball are you still most curious about? Oh, man, um, a lot, honestly. Um you know, being exposed to a lot of different things since my playing career has been done. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff I, and every player will probably tell you this, or former player, that there's a lot of stuff you're seeing now as a coach, now moving in the front office, just things you wish you knew as a player, amazed at uh, the work that the coaches put in day in, day out, um, and, and just the thought to try to get guys better and the level of care. Um and, and really, I feel like I've only, you know, hit the tip of the iceberg. The game's constantly evolving. There's constantly new things, better ways to do things. Um, you talk about when I played, <clears throat> there wasn't a ton of the, the, the analytics, the data. Like, it wasn't as big. It was starting to just be introduced. Um, so I kind of missed that wave as a player. Um, so just now seeing how it's impacting the game, whether it's on the evaluation, acquisition, or development process, um, is really been fascinating to see. And then the game's just, like I said, it's evolving and changing. So trying to keep up to speed um, with the way things have changed. And like I said, I'm, I'm learning every day. You know, I, Rusty Koontz, you know, who mentored me, and I'm very lucky for that, you know, just made a comment the other day. He's like, I know a fraction of this game. And someone that's been in the game for over 40 years to say that, you know, just kind of hits home to me that I have a long way to go and I need to continue to keep that, that mindset and continue to keep learning, asking questions and trying to be better. You mentioned Rusty Kuntz. Uh, you've been closely associated with, with Rusty um, in your organizational climb. Uh, we all can see the personality, uh, the experience, the smarts, the, the humor, but, the, but there has to be something else that allows him to connect with players the way that he does. What do you think that is? He's just just his, his energy and his ability, like you said, to connect. There was day one we were out here running the bases, and he instantly had you know Mike Massey and Vinny Pasquantino laughing, and um, like right away I was like, gosh, he's just it's gifted. Like you know, it's it's uh, really fun to watch, and he does it with with every generation, every background of player. Um, and it, it's been fun. I've been lucky to be around him. But he brings it every day, number one. He's constantly learning trying to, to be better. But he realizes that him connecting and building that relationship is step one to get the players to have trust and eventually um, you know, help coach them and teach them um, the things that he's trying to get them to do. Now, that's something that I've always found, at least as I've gotten older, I found interesting the – trust the importance of trust between a player and coach uh, when a player has that when they're uh, fully understanding the amount of time that a coaching staff puts in to make them better uh, when, when that trust is built 
Uh, boy, it can be something special. What avenue have you found best uh, to build that trust? I think I think as a as when you're a coach and you're trying to teach guys, you have to you have to constantly have that um, understand that a player you know has gotten to where he's gotten based on success, whoever's former coaches. Um, so there's a level of belief in what they're doing, which they should have. That's why they're great players. That's what's going to make them great players in the major leagues one day. Um, it's because they have that foundation and that level of belief in themselves and what they've been doing. So I think going in and not and realizing I have to build a relationship. I have to, I can't come up and suggest things, little minor improvements without building the relationship and getting the player to understand that I have their best interest and sometimes the game has to teach them for them to learn it. So I think you have to be patient, number one, especially in the development process. You have to be extremely patient. You have to continue to push because you don't know when a player is going to figure it out. So you have to, you kind of have to be strategic and you have to be patient. You have to continue to uh, find new ways to say things because every player learns differently, whether it's a visual. Um, so like I said, I think just knowing that I have to build a relationship and not expect a player to just show up and automatically trust me because they have their own foundational beliefs already and we need to understand that from day one and then build and work with them. And it really, it's it's not an I say you do. It's a, it's a we're working at this together. There has to be a, it has to be a mutual um, goal that we're working towards with the player and the coach. What do these kids have now, 20 years after uh, you were drafted, what do they have now that you believe you would have benefited from most? Um, I think for me, it's honestly, and it's it's not as much data, it's more practice design with the challenge type batting practice we do, the way we've designed it, the, the breaking balls, the left-handed fastballs, the, the vertical rise fastballs, just stuff that, that um, I didn't do enough of. And I look back and I'm like, I didn't hit breaking balls well. Like not, you know, I, I, but I never worked on it outside of a game. Um, just, just, I would have, I would have closed the gap uh, and then using some of the, the measurables, whether it's a blast motion, just to see, like, I already, you know, I already know some of the flaws in my swing when I was a player that I feel like I would have had more um, validation in ways to say, Hey, like just more ways to say, Hey, I'm doing it the right way or the wrong way. Um, but it was just an overhand batting practice. You can get away with things. So I just look at it like I would have been able to measure that uh, better using a blast motion and see my connection um, versus, like I said, I said I thought I was maybe doing it, but I, w- I was just maybe getting away with it because I wasn't challenged myself. One, like I said, in the practice line or the batting practice. And two, I wasn't having a measurable tool that was just, like confirming that. Yeah, it seemed as if 20 years ago it was still – a very old school cookie cutter baseball where here's the way we do it uh, now do it this way yeah no absolutely like i i know there were times when i was when i was in college or when i first got into professional baseball there were there were like a hitting philosophy was very like you said it was this is how we do it and i was like well i, I can't do what that guy can do like i'm not built like him i'm not as physical as him or whatever it was like so it would it maybe fit his swing but it doesn't fit the way that i work or what my strengths and weaknesses were. So I think having that pers- per- perspective of I need to individualize it. Everyone's different. We're now able to measure how bodies work um, and, and, uh, and evaluate those strengths and weaknesses to help either we're working on them to improve them or we're working within the parameters of how guys' bodies physically move to make sure we're putting them in the best position to succeed. 
Speaking of the career, is there a story or a memory that stands out about that 2009 season playing behind Zach Granke? Yeah, I, I mean, I look at that year and I got to see a lot of it from center field. I, I just know those nights in Coffin, like this, it was it was slammed to watch Zach. Um, I was in awe with the way he prepared himself. He was ahead of his time in his preparation and game plan. He knew, he knew what hitters were going to do. I and I vividly remember um, that he made an adjust. He was waiting for the other team to make an adjustment about a month or so into the into the season, um, especially the left-handed hitters. And as soon as they made it, like he was ready. He knew that it was going to happen, and he. It, it, like he minimized that gap, and and he he adjusted because he knew they were gonna do it, and he was ready for it. And as soon as guys did it, he was, and it just it was phenomenal to watch. Like I said, he was so far ahead, I think, at that time of his game planning and his preparation. Um, and yeah, it was it was a fun year. Um, you know, we didn't win like we we wanted to, obviously, but getting a chance to play behind Zach, play with Zach in Double A in 2006, and. Um, and then see what he's done throughout the rest of his career is pretty special. What other stories come to mind from those years? Billy Butler, uh, David DeJesus. Billy was great. Um, you know, I, he was he's the best hitter I ever saw. Like, you know, like like up close, like day one, that fall in Structure League, he was unbelievable. Um, like ready to – like I, I feel like he could have probably played in the big leagues and survived at that time. It was just – I never seen anything like it. Just his com- the control of the strike zone. He just knew how to hit. Um, we've had so many, <laughs> so many, you know, good stories to talk about. Like, I mean, we've, we've, you know, our wives. We had children together. We lived together. We roomed together. I, you know, I roomed with with Billy. I have stories that, you know, uh, I, I, and we fought. We've hugged. I mean, there's been, there's been stuff that, uh, you know, it's like having siblings. Like these are your brothers. You're um day to day with them um you know t- you talked about Dave like Dave and John Buck they were kind of um you know Dave I remember our first major league spring training I locked her next to Dave that was the spring training of 04 um so we we're coming off of uh Tony Pena was the manager of the year uh Barroa was the rookie of the year we had you know Matt Stairs Juan Gonzalez Benito Santiago Garth Brooks was in spring training with us. It was a whirlwind. I got to sit next to Dave. It was first, so we'd sit over in the corner. And I know I, I, my head was spinning with all those guys in there. <laughs> I was I was drafted the summer four. Was lucky enough to be in major league camp the next year, um, and just just looking at the dynamics of that camp was was wild. I mean, you had, like I said, Sweeney was there. Grimsley. Did you meet Garth? Oh yeah. Yeah. He got a hit. He got a hit out here on the the main field, and he pulled a hamstring running down to first base. Um, but yeah, that was, I look back on that. That was a really, a really cool um, time to, to be a part of, and just—it's surreal. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So we had a, we had a, a, a young Latin catcher who I was really good friends with and played in the minor leagues. He actually had to run for Garth Brooks in that game when he got injured, and, and he didn't—he actually didn't know who Garth Brooks was. He thought he was actually initially in spring training start. He thought that Garth was trying out, you know, trying to make the team. So just like good stories that like he he had no idea he was a a country you know star and um, that was that was one of the coolest things I still ever saw here was you know he he would stand where they have it roped off in between our Brett and Whitefield he would stand there at the end of the day and he would sign every autograph every single autograph like I I was leaving one day and he was standing out there just like perspective of someone that 
is, you know, in the top of his industry and how um, generous he was and how he understands the importance of his, the fans and just gets it. Like he's an entertainer. He's here. Um, he could have he could have not gone out there. He could have signed five and walked away. But some of that's always stuck with me on on the way Garth went about things. Um, but it was it was really cool to have him here in spring training. Was there a teammate or someone that you played against that you felt never got the credit they necessarily deserved? Well, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I look at I look at guys. I look at guys like Moose, like I never doubted once that Moose would have figured it out in the big leagues, yeah. just knowing his personality. Um, just I, it never once doubted me as, like, from like a player side. And then when I got into coaching, I, I, I never once doubted that like, he would figure it out just knowing the, the player and how much he, you know, how good he was. But I never doubted that once. Um, you know, Gordo still, the preparation that, Gordo put in was I'm still in awe of um, the day in day out. You know and that's you know not a talent, but it's like the, the the discipline and you think about like daily choices. Everything's a choice you do throughout your day, and you constantly are facing decisions, decisions, and to stay as as routine as he did and as grounded as he did through all of it is just I mean from day one uh, in 2006. You know we lived together in 2006 in Wichita. To see him, yeah, he made modifications to his routines, but to stay that disciplined throughout a career is something that I cannot, I can't even, it's hard for me to, 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 to even um, fathom doing, and I, I feel like I'm pretty disciplined and pretty routine-oriented, but just to have watched that is, is, I'm still in awe of how he was able to do that, and the success is obviously not a mistake. You can put the talent and, and that type of work ethic behind it, um, you know. Alcides Escobar's ability to play every day out there was a phenomenal. Um, just watching Eski um, and the way he went about it, you didn't have to question if, you know, you think about playing that position and playing every day. Um, I think went under um, underappreciated, not underappreciated, but he just, you know, watching him go through his days and you didn't have to ever worry about it. Eski was going to play. Yeah. Eski's going to play shortstop. Like, it's just, you never had to worry about it. And I got to see it both, as, both sides of it as a player and, and obviously a coach. I remember Ned Yo said Alcides Escobar had shark bones. Apparently shark bones don't break. I don't know. Um, I remember him saying that after the Brett Lowry slide at second base. No, it was – he'd hit a foul ball. He'd get hit by a pitch. He would have, he'd have a blister. He'd have – I mean, it, it didn't matter. You, you, never even, you never even worried about it. And he never – he was never complaining. Like, he, he just loved – he loves playing the game. Yeah. That's what all those guys all have in common is that they all love the game, like truly love playing the game. Does that stand out to a ball player? Is it obvious? Uh, there's a difference. You can tell. Yeah, guys. Yeah, guys have. You can tell. Um, and there's there's extremely talented individuals that I've played with that maybe didn't have the same fire or a passion that you know others would. But um, it doesn't doesn't take any away from them being successful baseball players or having extremely you know successful careers. Um, but there's a level of passion for the game that shows when those guys have it. It shows. You mentioned living with Gordo. How how would you describe that time when when you're the guy? You know, we we talk about Bobby Witt Jr. or we in the media would talk about Bobby. Everybody talks about Bobby Witt Jr. and and what he could be. Um, is it comparable to an Alex Gordon and the kind of hype uh, he had coming up? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, <clears throat> I think Alex having the, um, the George Brett stuff and the local, the, just the local ties, mm-hmm. um, you know, was, was really big shoes to fill and some big expectations. But like you said, you, you look at the, look at, look at Alex and there's never a doubt that you would have figured it out. Um, because his passion for the game, his talent, his wor- the, the work ethic he put in. But those were some pretty, you know, when you're talking about the greatest player to, to play in an organization ever, and th- that's who, you, like, you're, you're supposed to be that guy. Like, that's... Um, it's unfair training. Yeah, it's unfair. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. Like I said, Bobby's going to be a great player. He's, gonna be, he's a, you know, humble kid, works his tail off. What impresses you most about him? His desire to be great. I mean, he, he wants to be good at, all, at everything. He wants to be good on the bases. He wants to be able to bond. He wants to be good on defense. He's just, he, and, he, and he loves playing. And we talked about guys that love playing the game. Kid loves playing the game. He's a ball player. He's extremely um, grounded, um, was clearly raised, raised right. Um, he's polite. He's sociable. Gets along with his teammates. And, you know, he knows he's talented, but he knows that nothing's going to be given to him. Like, he, he's, he, he's fun to be around because um, the work every day and he, he truly loves being out there um, and he wants to be great he wants to be a great player seems as if there's a natural leadership quality about Bobby Witt Jr. or at least that he there, there's nothing about him that's bashful um, when there are people following behind him no 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 he's he's easy to get along with he's easy to fall in line with he does things the right way he definitely leads by example um you know, I'd say he's quiet, but he, he guys gravitate because they see how he goes about it. They see how he, he treats them, he, he treats other people. So there's a lot, you know, that's a natural uh, gravitation of attraction to want to be around him and be like, you know. So I see that with the other players um, gravitating towards him because he has those those qualities. And, um, you know, I, I, I would be hard-pressed to think anyone would ever – say anything bad about about him so teammate or or staff member i know baseball is all about taking things one day at a time but you professionally have you looked deep into the future are it is there a uh set goal when it comes to this front office climb Uh, i have no i have no agenda on it uh haven't since i received uh, a phone call to possibly transition into coaching after the 2014 season. Um, I've never had a, like, this is what I'm going, like, after. It's more been be really good at what I'm doing um, and stay locked in at at perfecting that. And then whatever comes, I've just kind (laughs) of been lucky to do several different things. Um, But I've never once had, like, a forward motive. Like, this is the next thing I'm going for. Like right now, moving into this new role, like I need to be really, really good at this role. And um, that's really all I care about and where it goes from there. If I do it for the next 30 years, that's fine. Or um, if it ends up being somewhere else, like I, I really, I said, I have no, I have no alternative agenda on like an end game for me in this game. Um, I'm glad I've been exposed to as many things as I have this early into my, I still consider myself pretty early into like my post playing career. Um, it's I've been a lot of learning, a ton of learning, yeah. um, being exposed to different things, learning under Rusty, taking over first base, moving into the front office, um, learning from JJ, being around Alec. Um, and I'm still constantly trying to learn. But right now, no different than when I was uh, coaching first base. Yeah. I need to be really good at what I'm doing um, and try to be the best at that. 
and then let the other stuff take yeah. care of itself. Yeah. Like I, I, I've, I've full like, it's more of like a belief system. Like if I go and do a really good job, like it's, it's going to work out. Yeah. Like it's not a, you know, and I don't have, I don't have to be a big league coach. I don't have to be in the front office. You know, I, I, I'm, like I said, happy impact and players and making guys better. Final thing. What's your go-to advice or what you try to impart on a young man when you get uh, your moment with him? You know, I don't want, you know, you say the cliches like, you know, don't leave anything, uh, you know, any rock unturned or don't ever want to look back. Like that's, you know, I, I try not to lie to players. Um, and when I say that, like, I, I, even if I'm saying something's, something's good, if it's not good, um, I want players to know that I'm going to love them. But I really want these guys to understand the, the opportunity um, that's at hand and take advantage of, uh, of the opportunity. You know, it's, you look back and it's such a short, it's such a short opportunity to become a professional athlete in uh, a, a major league player. And there's nothing better. Like, there's nothing better. We've dreamed our whole lives about it. Um, so really take advantage of this opportunity. Um, you know, in those decisions I talked about earlier when I was talking about Alex, um, because the window's so small and you can't control, like guys get hurt, but you can't control it. But, um, but be a good teammate, come out here every day, bust your tail, be the best you can be. Um, because the window's small, we're all going to be non-players for a lot longer than we are baseball players. Um, so to, to enjoy that. And at the end of the day, the relationships I see these guys building with one another is something that I'm I'm just it's fun to sit back and watch because I know I know those are the things that like you might they might remember five, ten of their best games that they've ever had or worst games. But um, but they're going to remember the friendships and, and stuff much longer um, than they will the rest of the games. The rest of it becomes a blur. Yeah, they have stats and this and that. But and like I said they'll remember a good game here, a good game there, you know, their worst game of their career where they struck out four times. But they're going to the friendships that are created is something that, you know, well, like I said, it lasts, you know, it lasts the rest of their lives. And that's the stuff guys talk about 30 years from now. Those are the things that guys will, will, uh, will remember. So, but just take advantage of the time. I mean, it's, it's, like I said, it's coming from someone that's been through it. And it's just like these days sometimes feel really long and it's a grind, but like it, they're gone in a second. It's gone. I mean, it's just, the, it's your career, your, your, you know, spring training will be over before we know it. It's hard to look at it when I even March, but the reality is like it just it goes fast it seems like it in the moment that it's a long the days are long and it's a grind but i so said you're gonna look back and it's gonna be it's gonna be gone and there's two ways to take that one is the positive and appreciate where you're at but then there's also the uh, this is a job you better work your tail off because there's a new wave coming right behind you yeah we you know we have guys to try to stay in that moment like you said you have to you have to realize the game itself like there is you're constantly competing um with one another your teammates here whether it's in drills um so having that balance of i'm i'm competing every single day with myself against whether it's a machine a pitcher amongst my peers like you're constantly doing that stuff uh, if you want to be if you want to you know be any good um but you have to still balance that because that guy, these guys, you know, they're, some of them are your good friends and you got to realize, you know, there's going to be turnover. Um, there's going to be adversity. There's going to be injuries. So there's got to be a level of uh, understanding of that. And that's where guys that really believe in themselves, they, 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 they go through that adversity because they, they believe 
and they continue to just stay focused on what they need to focus on. And I think they end up getting through the adversity because that self-belief system that they're going to work through it, you know. So to wrap up, um, as we prepare for the 2022 season, there's only so much uh, you can speak to right now. Um, but organizationally, uh, what, what do you think Royals fans should know about where this team's heading? Well, I, I think, you know, and I think most people would probably attribute a lot of it to, you know, when Dayton taking over in 2006, um, the continuity between the front office staff. Like, I'm a product, obviously, of the organization, uh, Alex Zumwalt as well. So um, we've been in it. We've been a part of it. We've learned that way when we bring players in. Um, they know that we care about them. Not only like, not only their their dreams of making professional, you know, major league baseball players and um, being world champs and all those aspirations they have, but also their well being, well beyond the game uh, when they leave the game, um, whether they play three years in the minor leagues or fifteen years in the big leagues. They know that um, we're here to support them, um, make them better young men. Um, so when they get done with this game, they're they're truly they're truly better um, people in society after being a Kansas City Royal. But I think that's all started with what Dayton's built, um, and we're byproducts of it. Um, and then you just look at the you look at the group of players we bring in. Um, I think with that foundation in place, they see it, they feel it, they know it's real. So it creates that that understanding from them, um, and then. I said they grow together. They they have the bonds, um, you know, amongst themselves, and it is it's a special group. It's it's a special organization because of those things. Um, but like I said it starts with Dayton, what he's done since he's been here, um, and then the individuals that have kind of fostered that foundation and continue to grow and build upon it. Um, you know, you look at the different departments we have um, to put guys in position to. Uh, impact the players whether it's like I said it's 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 geared around the performance but the players do know that there's a level of um, care that's deeper than if they went and went four for four or they you know had a poor night like it's much deeper than that um, which is I think something that hopefully they'll appreciate um, and and but they can see it and they can feel it um, because it's real so I think that goes a long ways when they come in this organization um, whether it's you're talking to a parent or promising them that they're in good hands with us and then the players see it and, and can feel it, I think it goes a long way. Mitch, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.